happy Father's Day. Uh, and um, we um, got a, a, a message that I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart for fathers and for all of us. And um, we're blessed. Uh, we have, a, and we'll honor the fathers at the end of the service. Kind of have a special gift for you. S- several, actually, a few days ago, uh, Rodney Anderson uh, told me, he said, uh, Jerry, he said, the Lord's kind of, I feel like, he said, I think it's the Lord's kind of laid on my heart uh, a poem that I'm writing. And he said, it's, uh, it's uh, Jesus knows me, this I love. Now, when Rodney said that, I, I thought, Lord, the paralysis has finally reached his brain. <laughs> Because instead of saying, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I thought, well, just, you know, bless him, Lord. I went on. But this is Rodney's Father's Day gift to all of us from the church. Listen to this. Jesus knows me, this I love. He protects me like a glove. I can feel his awesome grace snuggled in his warm embrace. When at times I'm feeling down, it turns my smile into a frown. He holds my hand. I feel his peace. My father's love, a sweet relief. No matter what, no matter where, I'm safety in my father's care. So as each day begins or ends, I hope to share with all my friends. My father's love, he gave it free. He died for us upon a tree. He watches over from above. Jesus knows me. This I love. That's from Rodney. So he shares that with you. Some from first service asking, we will try to to be sure that we've got that shared uh, either on our, our website or in the newsletter or something that comes down the pike. I don't, uh, I don't go to a lot of, a lot of conferences. Just uh, probably have opportunity to, uh, maybe should, but in the 30-something years that I've pastored here at the House of Prayer, I've, I've probably been to the conferences I could been to, I probably could count on, on one hand. But there's a couple that, that, that stand out to me. Uh, a few years ago, Barbie and I got to go to a got to attend a Ken Ham conference, Answers in Genesis, and it was a, it was a powerful conference. And, and coming away from that conference, in, in the conference, was a stimulus for me. And I came back and I preached a series of messages I called Foundations in Genesis, and it, it, it's one of my favorite series that I've ever preached. And and, it's, and, and the truth of the of how how powerful those those first 12 chapters are actually all of it but of genesis lays the foundation that we have to believe and that we cannot we dare not let the world erode that foundation or we'll have nothing to stand on was awesome then probably even before that or about the same time barbie and i were were privileged to attend a conference in in a a family research conference up in washington dc it was a watchman on the wall conference and uh, during that, uh, that conference, uh, those days there in Washington, God uh, stirred my heart, and it was there that I committed to be a, a P3 pastor. And a P3 pastor is a pastor with a three-pronged approach of, of prayer, of preaching, and of partnering. And I think, I've, I think I may have that up here. But it was uh, to pray and lead the church to become a house of prayer, to preach on moral issues from a biblical perspective, and at least at least once a year to preach a message on the importance of being a Christian citizen, and then to partner with other pastors uh, that w- that felt the same urgency and need as as uh, to pray for our country. So as I was praying and and uh, looking at today Father's Day, I, I believe it was real with real clarity that I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. 
and, they, and saying this, saying, Jerry, just as I set watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, I have set wa- fathers as watchmen on the walls for their families and homes. So today, Lord willing, I want to talk about dads, watchmen on the walls. And it's, um, it's my prayer that God would speak to each of us. And while my focus is going to be, it's going to be primarily toward fathers, I believe that every Christian believer, man, woman, single, married, teenager, youth, child, every Christian believer that have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior are in essence set as watchmen on the walls. Text, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 3, if you will, and we'll jump into the text and, and I'll pray that God would teach us. As you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we, I ask your Holy Spirit that he would come and be the preacher, be the teacher. Lord, give us ears to hear and minds to understand and comprehend that which your word, the Holy Spirit, quickens and brings alive from your word to us today. In Christ, I pray this. Amen and amen. Ezekiel 3, and there's, a, there's a, uh, almost an identical passage from uh, Ezekiel 3, 17. We're going to be reading 17 through 21. And there's almost an identical passage in Ezekiel 33. Um, God is speaking. He's speaking to Ezekiel. Ezekiel had been sent as a prophet to Israel, and indeed several of the prophets of Israel uh, God had, had called to be watchmen. Let's look at it. He says, Son of man, I've made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and you give him not warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin. And his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned. Also, thou hast delivered thy soul. Now, to understand, and I think to help us in talking about a watchman on the wall, we need to understand a little bit about what that means. In, uh, in Israel and in Ju- Judah and most of the other places, but in, in Israel and Judah at the time this was written, most of the cities were walled cities. They had walls around them for protection, obvious protection from the enemies that would come from without and from, for other reasons. And outside the city walls and the areas around that would be planted the fields, the crops. Uh, and those crops were the, they were, they were the lifeblood of that, of that town. Because it was, it was what those crops, it was the, it was the harvest off those crops that the town lived on during the, the winter months. And so as a result, uh, there would be high watchtowers would be placed at strategic places. After the crops were planted, 
as a, as a, as the crops begin to come up and as in near harvest time, the watchman would get, would, would go to those walls and they would keep a lookout for critters or for animals or for uh, people or marauders that would come and steal or harvest the crops and so put the city in desperate dangers. It was from the same watchtowers often that, uh, that the lookouts were posted and they kept a watch for any approaching dangers or enemies that would, that would be near in the city. And when a threat appeared, it would be the responsibility of the watchman to sound the warning so that the people in the town could prepare and could, uh, could mobilize to meet the threat. You can imagine that the watchman on those towers awesome, uh, also, a lot of times when they, they got there, they've scanned, they've seen, they're not seeing any danger, not seeing any threat approaching, that they had a unique vantage point for, for, for getting to know the movements of the people. And they were looking into the town and they're saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's about three o'clock. It's about time old Joey's going to the garden every day about three o'clock. Bill's going, it's nine o'clock. Bill's going to the well. He gets water better. And so they, they become very familiar with the movements of the people. It was a unique vantage point. And it was a very responsible position. Now, God in Matthew chapter 13, God tells us in his word that God has called every believer to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And I don't know who it was that said it. I, I wanted to say it was Miss James Hudson Taylor III that was with us many, many years ago. And it may have been somebody else. But somebody once said that God will never call you to do something that he won't equip you to do. So when he has called us to, to be watchmen, he equips us for that. And as spiritual watchmen, I believe that God's Holy Spirit oftentimes lets spiritual um, Christians, let's, let's Christians see things, see dangers, see things that are approaching before other people see or realize what's going on. We were talking in our Bible study this past week in 1 Corinthians 2, that uh, talking about hearing God's voice, and we're talking about that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And so this role of a watchman for Christians, this role of a watchman for fathers is a, is a very awesome responsibility that we, that we take seriously. We have to take seriously. The, the, the welfare of our homes and of our families and of our nation may be dependent upon the watchman. So what I want to do is take for the fathers now this morning and take uh, and compare. Basically, the, the responsibilities of the watchman on the wall was twofold, to watch and to warn, to watch and to warn. But if I, if I, if I mesh the responsibility of watchman on the walls then with the responsibilities of P3 pastor, of, of, of part of which, of which I am now, of praying and preaching and partnering, uh, I mesh them together, I come up with something like this, that the first responsibility, dads, for watchmen for your families is to watch and pray, to watch and pray. And it's a tremendous trust and is a tremendous responsibility. 
was reading a story, and I shared a story at first service. Henry Blackaby, uh, years, uh, years ago, some of you, a lot of you went through uh, experiencing God. Great study, still a great study. But um, we had the privilege of going through that and, and others, and I had the privilege of being with, with Dr. Blackaby several times. And he, would always, he always talks affectionately and lovingly of his wife, Marilyn. But I never forget a story. He was telling that, uh, and, and Henry, most of his years were up in Canada, Grew up there, and they raised a family there, and they had, had three sons, and he tells a story that the three sons now were all in university, so they're older, and they were, the, the boys were going to be going to a, to a Bible conference. It was 500 miles further north than where they lived, and they were going to be traveling together this particular weekend going to the conference. And Marilyn, there was just a stirring in Marilyn's spirit, and she was concerned, and she had went to Henry and she had said, Henry, I just don't think our, our boys need to ride together. I don't think all, of, all three of them want to be in the same car going up there. And she had approached the boys. And the boys thought it's just a mom, you know, how moms get anxious. And they said, Mom, we'll be careful. We promise you we're going to be real careful. And she, was, she just cautioned to be extra careful. She didn't know why she, was, she wasn't normally this worried. Henry tells a story that, and in telling a story, he said it was Sunday afternoon, and he was doing what a lot of good pastors do in Sunday afternoon. He was taking a nap on the couch. And uh, about 3 o'clock, he says, Marilyn comes in and, and just shakes him and says, so honey, honey, wake up. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. We need to be praying for our sons. We need to be praying for our sons. And he said uh, he had learned over the years that when, the, that when the Holy Spirit speaks to his wife, when the Holy Spirit speaks to listen, So they just fell on their knees there in the living room and prayed. And they prayed and prayed until the sense of urgency left. And then they, they got up and they went their way. And it was later that night when the boys got home from the conference and they hugged and loved and everything was fine. And the boys said, Mom, we got to tell you what happened. Said, we were headed home this afternoon from the conference and said, we... we before we knew it, we were on black ice. We had no idea, but we were on black ice. We were meeting an 18-wheeler, and Mom, we had absolutely no control of the car, and we were headed for the 18-wheeler. And we would surely have been killed. But said, for some, we don't know why. But all of a sudden, the tires caught traction, and they shot us across the road in the other direction. And we had in the ditch. We've got, the car's got minor damage, but we're okay. And the mother said, uh, Marilyn said, tell me the time. And, and you know the rest of the story. They, it, was, it was exactly the time that God, that the Holy Spirit had urged the mom and the dad to be on their knees praying for their sons. As watchmen on the wall, fathers, we have to be watching and praying. I shared that story for a service. Johnny Smith came up to me after service. This, this is Sally's husband for all you wives, so you'll know who it. And Johnny said, Pastor, he said, I, can, I, can I share a story with you? He said, let me tell you what made a believer out of me. Johnny was in the Navy. He was on a sub. He, was, he said we were 200 feet under the surface of the ocean. And he said, uh, we had a collision with another sub. Now, he said, that could have been disastrous for both of us. But he said, we came out of that with no serious damage and no lives lost. But he said, Pastor, he said, when, when we surfaced and when I got uh, communication... He said, my mom was the first, and my mom was anxiously t- trying to communicate and t- get in touch with me. And she, he said, mom, what's the matter? And she said, Johnny, are you okay? And he said, I am, mom, why? She said, because the Holy Spirit had me praying for you, and I don't know what's wrong. And he said, mom, when was it? He said, pastor, it was exactly the time 
that we were there. Some of you are nodding because you know that. I believe that the Holy Spirit of God quickens and watches us and helps us understand. And, and we may not know why. Marilyn didn't know why. Johnny's mother didn't know why. It's just that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, you need to be praying for that son. You need to be praying for that daughter. You need to pray now. And sometimes we don't have the, you know, we don't have the young kids, you know, you tell them to do something, they want to know why. You know, you need to not go there. Why? Don't touch that. Why? You know, uh, or, or you, you, you know, and we, it's what do we do as parents? We want to say, because I'll smack you. I ain't got time to always tell you that, you know. And it's so critical that you learn if we're walking through the woods or we're, we're going somewhere that if I say, don't, don't move, that you don't just keep saying, say, why? You can step into a yellow jacket's nest, you can get bit by a copperhead on the side of the road. You need to respond. And as believers today, as dads, dads and moms, Christians as watchmen on the walls for our homes, for our families, for our churches, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit of God and we need to learn to obey quickly that which he calls us to do. There are enemies there dads and they're not way out there they're enemies at the gates enemies of our families enemies of our homes enemies of our churches and our communities they're attacking the design God's very basic design of family and of marriage and society they're questioning the very truth of God's word and its relevance to any open dialogue today in the streets there's a time when we looked at that and we said, well, that's, we need to, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that before our kids go off to university. And I'm telling you today that the attacks are, are in primary schools. The questioning, and the day has come as Christians, as children from Christians' home. And you know this, I'm talking about the United States. That the attacks are there, that children have been taken out of the homes by, by social services because the parents dared to believe a biblical truth that was not politically correct. We need to be praying. Dads, pray and watch. And it's this prayer. You know, in the middle of the night, you don't know why, but all of a sudden you, you're, you're awake and you seem to be wide awake and the Holy Spirit says you need to be praying now. Pray now. And we don't have time. That's a lot of times the Holy Spirit don't say why. We just know we need to pray. We need to pray. Sometimes early morning, sometimes it's in the middle of the day when we need, uh, when the Holy Spirit says, you need to stop and pray. And if you're like me, I, I mean, I was always, I hated to stop till I got to a stop in place. Okay. I'm doing something I need to get to, when I get to a stop in place. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to me is, you need to learn to stop when I stay stopped. If it's in the middle of a, of a hole in a row of corn, if it's in the middle of a sermon preparation, no matter what it's in the middle of, you need to cultivate this sensitivity to my Holy Spirit. We need to be watchmen on the wall that see and that hear and listen. Number two, dads, second responsibility of a watchman on the wall was to warn, to warn. If you're a P3 pastor, it's to preach. Now notice verse 17 again. He says, son of man, I have made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. Look at this now. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning. What does it say? From me. What was to be the message? The message was to be God's word. P3 pastor commits to preach 
biblical truth and the relevancy of biblical truth into our culture today and where we are today. But it's his truth. First of all, we know you know what, what is biblically true. We need to know the truth. And know that it's trustworthy and dependable and we can count on it. We can stand on it. We can base our eternal salvation on the truth and the promises of his words that are yea and nay. People, preachers, they're a lot like people in a lot of ways. <laughs> one of the ways that, <laughs> trust me, I've been one for a while. One of the ways that pe- preachers are a lot like people is people, preachers tend to be opinionated. Uh, and, and, you know, and, 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 and even preachers opinions are like everybody else's. And somebody said that opinions are kind of like armpits. Some of them stink. Okay. So, so, so we're called as watchmen to be sure that we're not just given a stinking opinion, but that we're, that we're looking to see what God's word is and we're, and we're sharing God's word. Now, the question begs itself, how do I know what God is saying? Ha! The first way is read his word. Be in his word. Let his word be in us. He speaks to us through his word. We were talking, again, we are talking, I'm going to miss our Thursday morning Bible study. Not just the donuts and, the, and Jim Buckman's camel rump coffee. That's his description of it. There's a... There's a story behind that. I miss that, but, but I miss this group of brothers. One of the things we were talking about Thursday morning is the importance of hearing from God's word and hear, hearing from the Holy Spirit, speaking to us, speaking to us. And, and uh, I told a story, it's true, that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in over my head as, as a pastor. I've never had seminary training. Um, listen, I have a degree in, in special education in the handicap. I am the handicapped teacher, and that is very appropriate. Okay, that's appropriate for me. And, 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 and I, oftentimes, there, there are times that I would be a, a portion of Scripture, Lord, lay on my heart a Scripture. And, and, uh, and I would say, man, and I, I've been blessed. Now, there's a lot of preachers out there that have been out there and that are out there that I respect as men of, of great wisdom and integrity and I, and, and, I, and I value their opinion to, to speak the truth. I, Chuck Swindoll, uh, 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 I loved him. I love, you know, David Jeremiah, uh, the guy there, uh, guy that's gone with the home to be with the Lord now, Ray Stedman, Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon must have preached a sermon on every word in the Bible. He has got more sermons out there. Than I don't know what to do. I mean, on, you got a sermon on thee. Go look up Charles Spurgeon. He's got thee. Uh, and, and there was a time when, uh, you know, and I, I, I benefited greatly. I still do, but I would say, man, I, I wonder what I wonder what I wonder what somebody thinks about this verse seventeen. And I'd go look, and I, and I would come away blessed by what the Holy Spirit, the insight He had given those men, you know, or those people. But I would and I would think, man, I I don't really got that. I I, I could never have understood that. But then I understood, and there's been times, and more often, when the Lord say to me, Jerry, before you go to anywhere else. I want you to read his word and let me speak to you. That was like a novel idea. God, you, you, can, you can tell me. And, 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 and it was basically said, Lord, Jerry, who do you think told them? So if, if I could tell, you know, I can do that. I can, if you'll listen, if you'll listen. Fathers, in his word. And then the message was to pray. But he says, share with them his word. 
his word. Now, Proverbs is basically a, it's, it's basically a, a study guide for uh, a, a father and a son interaction. It's how, it's, it's this direction full of stuff. But I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of, of, of another way that we uh, teach our kids, dads. Um, it's, through, it's through songs. It's, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Let, that, let your kids learn that at home before they ever get old enough to go to the nursery. You know? Because the truth of that will stay with them as long as they live. You never get too old to grow strength on the fact that God loves me. Jesus loves me. How do I know that? The Bible tells me that. What about who is the king of the jungle? <laughs> you know, it's, and, and who's the king of me? The truth is who's the king of the jungle? J-E-S-U-S. He's my king. And uh, I love, I love, uh, kids love these songs. Barbie and I, uh, we're blessed. Uh, we've, we've not got a quiver full. We've only got a, you know, a couple of kids, but we've got seven grandkids. But every grandparent, every parent really, when you get to be a parent and, you, and then you get to move into grandparenthood, you have with you a backpack of resources. Uh, maybe it's mental, but maybe it's physical. But there are things that you reach into and you can grab out of that depending on the severity of the situation. He's touching me. Make her stay on her side of the car. She's looking at me. You know, on and on. You know, and this was with our kids. And now what it happens with Paige and Zach's kids. And I just sit back and smile. I do. Just sit back and smile. Watch them work it out. What do you do? I don't know. Figure it out. I just love it. I just love it. But Barbie and I have been blessed, um, whether it's with, with, with Zach or Paige, but with now with seven different grandkids that ride in the back of the car and, the, and then the car seats. And, um, and, and, and oftentimes in the midst of crying and not figuring out what else to get their mind of it, off of it, Barbie and I will start singing the courses. You know, I love Jesus better than ice cream and ice cream is very good. All right, maybe for McKenzie now or, or Zane, one, two, three, Jesus loves me. One, And it's amazing. They love it. And they love to sing with us. There have been many a trip that has been saved from the verge of disaster <laughs> because of the truth of God's word in song. Really has. And the good thing about it, the kids, the, my kids and my grandkids have never said to me, Dad, oh. Ain't the right key. <laughs> we don't talk about keys in songs. When we get to heaven, the Lord will put me in the right key and the rest of you may be surprised. What if you all are singing like me? You'll say, that wouldn't be heaven, Jerry. That'd be the other place. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's the truth of speaking God's love, God's love and God's truth right into the lives of kids through courses. Now, I'll tell you another, another great way. Another great way. And I, I was so, another great way is through memory verses, memory scripture. I was blessed. Uh, the Crewball family kind of, they're a blessing to me anyway. I, I, I put up with, with Robin and Jeremy so I can love on, on Lucius and Kale and, and uh, starts with B, Barnum. But recently in the VBS, 
uh, we're sitting around the table one night before VBS starts, and, and one of the crew ball boys said, I memorized a scripture verse. Do you want to hear it? I said, yes, I'd love to hear that. And I would. And so they start telling me the verse. And Jeremy and Robin have learned the verse with their kids. I want to tell you. Three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. You know, you don't have to memorize the book of James with your three-year-old to get a spiritual truth. I mean, you know that. Now, you got to memorize the book of James, all five chapters. Here we go. No, just the truth of, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Jesus loves us. Or just what about that? You know, all the truths, God's word, in scripture, in songs, so many other ways. Dad, teach the truth of God's word. Sound the warning. Preach the warning. Let it be God's word. Put deep into their heart. There's, a, there's another part of this in verse 20 and 21. And, uh, that I want you to look at again. And that's that, that dads, you may say, well, I can't, I can't do little courses. Well, sure you can. You, you know, you do them when nobody else is around, you can do them. I love that picture right there. It's worth a thousand words to me, Jess. Ah, it's Father's Day. And here's a firewoman, fights fires, gets cats out of trees, can whoop, lifts weights, you know, work out. And she's sitting over here with her, with her head on her daddy's shoulder and Doug's loving it. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Dads, There's another way that we teach. Look at verse 20 and verse 21. He says, again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because you didn't give him warning. He shall die in his sin. I'll require his blood at your hand. But, verse 21, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he don't sin, he'll surely live because he is warned and you have delivered your soul. There is, a, there is a part of warning. There is a part of preaching. Dads, that is like, what is it? St. Francis that said, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Is, didn't he say that? Somebody like that? St. Francis, I, 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 some, I'm capable of getting everything mixed up. St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the, preach the gospel, use words if you have to. As you look at verse 20 and verse 21, I look at that and it looks to me like the, like the watchman of Israel, the prophet sent to Israel, had a responsibility not only to see what was coming down the pike and to warn them of the approaching danger, but they also had a responsibility to let them know the benefits of obeying God's word. Teach them so that, the, so that as they walk in obedience, they won't want to leave that walk and go out into sin and to wickedness. Show them, teach them the benefits. I, I say that they had a responsibility to show them how to walk before God. Dads. It's unbelievably scary. They'll step in your shoes. And they'll walk around the living room and they'll stumble and they'll fall, but they'll be in daddy's shoes. And it's life and we laugh. But down inside, we know that one day, they're really going to be walking their shoes. It's, it's sobering. Let them know. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, and one thing I love here, fathers, don't be afraid to let your kids know that you fail. Don't, don't present some kind of gospel out there that you have to be superhuman and nope, that you can't fail. And, and you have to be out always. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? 
One thing I love about the House of Prayer Church family here is, is hopefully everybody's to the point. Many, a long, long time ago, you gave up. You know, you said, we don't have to impress the pastor there. That's a low bar at the best. And, it's, you know, he's, he's very impressed. Don't, you know, we don't have time to impress each other. And that's, and that's one thing I love about the body of believers here. You know, you don't try to impress each other. I, hey, we're, we're a group of people. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd all be in trouble. Okay? But we're a group of people that God has graced much and he loves us much. And so, so we can look at our kids, we can look at each other, and we can love. You don't have to preach a sermon to them. Tried that, done that. Done it with my son when Zach was just struggling to find his way. Lord, I was, I was out there, every time I get a chance to him, I was preaching truth. I was preaching to him. Lord knows, I don't want to die and go to hell like that. I need to get it in there, you know, get it in there. And, and it's kind of, like a, kind of like a dog that every time it comes around, you slap it. Pretty soon, it'll it come around, and it's like, okay, what? Don't go, go ahead. No, I did that. I was doing that. And one day, I was telling God how Zach wasn't listening. And God said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to tell him. God said, why are you doing that? I said, I'm helping you out. <laughs> helping you out, God. You know what God said to me? He said, you're his daddy. I called you to love him. I've been so wrong. I told him that. He's forgiven me. I said, please forgive me for all the times I preached to you when I should have just come put my arms around you and said, I love you. I love you. Dads, let your life do the preaching. Love them the way God loves us. It'll do the job. It takes our hands off and lets his Holy Spirit go to work. Well, that's the second thing. I could talk about the third part, and I've run out of time for a service, and I've run out of time today. Uh, and that's partner. That's partner. For the fathers that are here that you have, you're, you're blessed to have a, your mother of your children with you. You know what that partnership's like. Uh, it's awesome. For single parents, and especially for single dads, single parents have my accolades. I could have never made it as a single, I, 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 I say that, I don't, I, I, it scares me to death. It was hard enough for me getting through kids with my wife helping me. But when our daughter got old enough to, to know that, you, that, other, that women wore makeup, that was a traumatic time for me. Uh, yeah, I see this commercial. You remember the old commercial on television where the, the woman's in an airplane and she's in an airplane, looks like an airplane lavatory or something, putting makeup on an airplane, hits a dip, and she's got makeup. You remember that? Remember that? That, for me, occurred when Paige was about six years old. Great, great, great kindergarten teacher, Miss Cochran, best Christian woman, godly woman, and she looked really good with real red lipstick on. She did. And Paige loved Miss Cochran, and Paige thought she would look really good with real red lipstick on, and she was my kindergarten daughter. And I thought, Lord, don't let her die. She's going to be a Jezebel, and she ain't even a teenager yet. <laughs> She's not even a teenager yet. Lord, help me. I'm on my knees weeping. Look at her. She's falling in love with red lipstick at six years old. What's going to happen when she's eight? <laughs> and I remember Barbie coming to me and saying, honey, it's okay. It's okay. You need to relax. You need to back off. All little girls, it don't do them any good to wear makeup if the people can't see they got it on. I said, but they don't need to see makeup. She's six years. Honey. And Barbie reached down and done something 
to me that I thought she should have done the page. She patted me on the head. <laughs> and she said, honey, it's going to be okay. And it is. I, I can't tell you. I, I mean, this partnering, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's blessing. And we have the Holy Spirit and we have God to help us. Fathers, as watchmen on the walls of your family, watch, pray, warn, preach, partner, and let God be God. Don't be. I'm going to close with this and we're going to honor the fathers. My family has asked me to please be through by 1230. Matter of fact, some of them are praying that the Holy Spirit would leave at 1230 and that I would be left here standing if I'm still here. Uh, we might make it, guys. I don't know. Let me, I, I want to I leave you a verse up here from Isaiah 56, a couple verses. What had happened with, and I need to say this, uh, Skip and Robin Fletcher came up and shared, uh, they got a the great Father's Day gift today. Skip, y'all's son has told y'all you're, you're going to be grandparents. Woo, that's a Father's Day gift. I love it. Randy. <laughs> What had happened with Israel is those that were serving as watchmen had failed. And as a result, the whole nation suffered. I love 1 Corinthians 13. I do premarital counseling. I use 1 Corinthians 13 because it's it's called the love chapter. But because 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love is and it tells us what love is not. It says love is patient, love is kind. And then it'll go on and say love is not irritable. Love does not keep a record of the wrongs done for it. Ooh. Yeah, it's tough stuff. It gets in you, it gets up, as, as Jackie Coyne says, it gets in your grill. Okay? It gets in your grill. Look at this. I want to I read it from King James first. And then I want to read it. I want you to watch, go with me. All right, it says his watchmen, God's watchmen for Israel are blind. I, I, I mean, I, can you imagine this? A blind watchman. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. What in the use of having a watchdog if he can't bark? Yeah, look at this. They can't bark. Sleeping, laying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs which can never get enough. They're shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. Now look at New Living Translation. Just notice how it says with me. This was a condition of the watchmen of Israel. This is what I'm saying to us. We dads dare not be like this. We Christians as watchmen on the walls of our communities, of our churches, of our homes and our nation, dare not be like this. Is it possible That one of the things, one of the reasons we're in the struggles we're in in this nation is because the watchman that God has said over the churches and over the leadership of our our people, not the politicians, but over the Christian leaders are like watchmen that are blind. Look what it says. For the leaders of my people, the Lord's watchmen, his shepherds are blind and ignorant. They're like silent watchdogs that give no warning when danger comes. They love to lie around sleeping and dreaming. Like greedy dogs, they're never satisfied. They're ignorant shepherds, all following their own paths and intent on personal gain. God, help us to be watchmen on the walls, watching, warning, pardoning, praying, preaching. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word that's always profitable. Lord, Thank you that, that that which you call us to do, you will equip us adequately for. And Father, 
Thank you for the, the fathers of this church and those who have gone before that many are in home with you now. Thank you for that challenge, for that legacy, for that foundation they've laid. May we leave that solid a foundation or better should you tarry. In Christ I pray.